Hello and welcome back to the podcast. You are listening to the Catholics podcast. It's a Catholic podcast for millennials by millennials. Um, I am your host, Ms. Jacinta Florence, and each week I get to chat with some pretty amazing people who are doing awesome things um, in ministry for the Lord. And as young people, we have questions about what it means to be happy. So I get to chat with folks who offer nuggets of wisdom in that realm. This week, I get to chat with somebody who I'm actually a huge fan of, Mike Mangiani. I love a good Italian last name, and he has one. Um, I first met Mike when he played at Catholic Underground um, in Philadelphia. That was back in, I think, 2016. Um, And I was introduced to his music, which I love. He travels the United States with Christopher West, who's a Catholic theology of the body speaker. Um, And Mike has been traveling for years, playing on his own um, before uh, he was playing with Christopher West. So, Mike, how are you? I'm pretty good. Yeah? Um, Yeah, yeah. Just came back from uh, Israel for a couple weeks. I was there with Christopher, and and now I'm going to Boston next week. So I'm kind of in a, a, I have a week off, well, a week of not traveling. Uh Uh-huh. And um, just spending time with my family and doing a ton of emails uh, in between. So I'm busy, uh, but rested and well. Good. How was Israel? Uh, it's pretty. It's pretty amazing. Um, it's yeah. One of my one of my uh, the things that I was pondering towards the end of the trip was how am I going to describe this mm-hmm. when I get back? And um, I realized that I really can't. All I can say is you should go. Mm-hmm. Um, but culturally, um, theologically, uh, you know, historically, spiritually, it's it's pretty packed. Um, so the experience was r- overwhelming and something that I'll be kind of marinating in for the rest of my life, I, I think. Wow. Was it one of the pilgrimages that Christopher was leading? Yeah, we, we were. It was uh, uh, the Theology Body Institute mm-hmm. uh, pilgrimage. So it was uh, 57 people wow. and um, we had three chaplains and uh, there was four of us from the Institute representing. So it was quite the experience. Wow. That's awesome. I've been wanting to get out there, but um, you know, there's so many places to visit. So I have all the time in the world. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever get tired of traveling? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, um, in fact, I didn't, I didn't even, I mean, I, I knew I I wanted, I knew I should go Mm -hmm. uh, to the Holy land, but to be honest, leading up to the trip, I wasn't excited just because um, of all the traveling up to that point. Yeah. So there, you know, even like things like that, like, okay, I'm going to go to this amazing place in the context of, of all the traveling that I do, it can really like kind of, you can become jaded a little bit. Oh yeah, um, sure. So uh, so yes, I get tired of it. And then on top of that, like I have family. So, you know, my, my kiddos, right? Yeah. And they're at an age now where they, they, uh, they are really aware of it. So like when they're younger, you can like walk out of the house to go to the grocery store or walk out of the house, to go to Australia. And to (laughs) them, it's all the same thing. Like, you know, like, yeah, you're, you're gone. Now you're, you know, now you're back, but now they're really aware of, of time. You know, my oldest is super, super sensitive to it. So she's always like, 
even when I, when I walk home, you know, after like being out to do work, like computer mm-hmm. work, I get home and she's just by my side the whole time because she's like fearful that I'm going to leave again. Oh, so, that's yeah, so she's, sweet. She's super sweet. Well, um, well, yeah, it does sound like you travel a lot. Um, and I love, um, I follow some of your Instagram stories and some of them are pretty hilarious. Um, I don't know if you know Clay Chris Meyer, but he's a fan of yours too. And he's like, he's the one who told me to follow your Instagram. He was like, it's pretty funny. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, oh, good. Yeah. That's what, you, that's what you do when you're, when you're by yourself when you have no one to talk to except. Seriously. I do the same yeah. thing. I do yeah. the same thing. I'll go on Instagram. I'm like, well, I'm alone. So I may as well talk to whoever's out there. Somebody. Yep. Yeah. Totally. Somebody. Anybody who will listen. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard if you're, um, extroverted and just mm-hmm. a human person we long for that connection it's actually yeah, I, harder it's harder if you're extroverted and not a human person i've i've come to believe wait a minute i'm confused it's harder if you're extroverted and not a human person oh yeah that would put a whole nother twist on things yeah <laughs> then you're just you're kind of stuck in your doggy shell you can't do anything you can't go anywhere <laughs> yeah oh, poor dogs but yeah, so tell me about Milwaukee a little bit. Um, I just recently had somebody on the podcast who was from Milwaukee and I was like, it must be Milwaukee week because I'm interviewing Mike, Mike Mangiani and you're from there. So um, is the beer who, who all really, uh, his name is Kevin Peck. He's young. He's a campus minister out here in St. Louis. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so yes. Um, well, I didn't, I didn't grow up here. I grew up in Chicago, mm-hmm. but um, I ended up here for college and then, um, my, my wife is from here. So we, we landed here about like permanently, um, yeah, I think like since like 2005 we've been here, but yeah, it's great. I love it. It's, it's a, it's a great size. It's great people. Um, the Midwest in general just has a, you know, very realistic and yet empathetic and compassionate um, grounding that I really appreciate. Um, people are actually nice in the Midwest. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and I think people are nice like everywhere. It's sure. Just a matter, sure. Yeah. A matter of like first impression. And I, I like, you know, like communicating is all about matching wavelength and I just, my wavelength already lines up perfectly with the Midwest. Mm-hmm. But when I lived, I lived out in LA, there's a little bit of dancing to understand okay, are you being friendly or are you, okay, yeah, yeah, you're being friendly. Got it. You know, there's a little bit of like hesitation mm-hmm. to understand people's cadence and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm used to it now, but um, when, I, when I was younger, between college and settling here, I lived in LA for a while and that was a little bit of um, taking, you know, getting used to that, that sure. mentality. So, but yeah, but I get to travel. So it's like, I, I love where I live, but I also like, I'm constantly on the move. So I don't know if that helps or, <laughs> or what. Yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah. Um, well, okay. I love stories and I love, I love telling them and I love hearing about them. And I've seen musicians who can deliver a good story and some who can't. Um, I've seen Kings of Leon live in Philadelphia. Um, they're a great band but like the lead singer spoke like two words outside of him singing. So I was like, Oh, I wish he would have like told more stories. And that's actually one thing 
um, that I appreciate whenever I listen to you because you're like a chatty Kathy up there and you'll yeah. like tell stories. Um, too much. Yeah. <laughs> you're like a little bit too much. Um, so can you tell our listeners how you got into music and like what that was like in college and then how you traveled around after college and what that looked like? Sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I, I grew up playing music. I'm the youngest of three, three boys. And my mom knew that I needed something to do. Uh, so she got me into drums and I, mm-hmm. you know, I was constantly hitting my brothers. And so she wanted me to hit something else. And so I started <laughs> playing drums. And then, you know, as I grew up, I, I really, I've always been like into very, um, like artists that are, that are, that see themselves as part of a bigger picture, you know? So Mm -hmm. the artists that I grew up liking in like third, fourth, fifth grade are the same artists that I love now. So I would be like the fourth grader that had like a Bob Dylan t-shirt and like could recite every Bob Marley quote, you know, lyric Mm -hmm. and would, you know, throw off my friends by like, all of a sudden going into like a Jim Morrison impersonation. And this is like fourth grade. So like wow. these people, they had no clue about even, you know, I was like a brilliant in, in their eyes because they didn't even know who these people were. Mm-hmm. But um, so my point is like, I was always inspired by, by a certain kind of music and that got me to want to write. I started wanting to write around fifth, sixth grade. And so I needed to, I wanted to play guitar to kind of help with the writing process. And so my brother played, so I, I, got, I got his guitar, I uh, did music all throughout high school. And then I went to Marquette University with the intention of not studying music. I didn't study music, but mm-hmm. um, at least having a city backdrop to play music in. Sure. Um, that was different from Chicago. So that, and that's what I got. So like when I got to college, I just played around um, the city a lot. Mm-hmm. And then after college, moved back to Chicago and decided that I needed to, I needed to go. I needed to get out and do something. So I went to the West Coast. I went to LA. Okay. And was there for about a year and a half. And then um, from there, I, uh, I bought a van and mm-hmm. then left my apartment in LA and then lived in the van for like two years playing, you know, at bars and coffee shops and stuff. And then, how did, um, how did you shower? <laughs> well, you, you, you wouldn't, um, you know, you'd, I, I've met a lot of people, um, sure, sure. you know, like the, I have this, I have this ability now from that experience of I can walk. Yeah. It actually comes in handy now still as a traveler that, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't, I'm only, I'm only alone for a very short period of time and you just meet people everywhere. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And you just kind of learn their stories and get to know them. And, um, and so that's what I would do. And I would, you know, end up at somebody's driveway and sleep in their driveway and then use their shower the next day. And, um, if I was lucky, I'd get like a motel six and, you know, use that. But for the most part, it was like other, other people's, uh, um, you know, I, I, and I had like good friends all over the country. So I would, oftentimes crash at their places and stuff yeah but that was that was that and then um in 2005 I decided that I wanted to uh my girlfriend at the time mm-hmm. had, had broken up with me like five times <laughs> oh my gosh yeah Crazy. so 
the last time that she got back together with me, I knew I had to propose or else. Um, it was done could, so if you uh, did. Yeah, exactly. So, so I decided to do that and got engaged in the summer of 05, moved mm-hmm. to Milwaukee 06. And, um, and that's it. That's, yeah. that's, that's the Were game. you like living your faith out during that time when you were living in a van or like going to, to the, mass? To the capacity that I could, that I that I knew of. Mm-hmm. Um, my formation was really bad. So sure. um, if I had a, like, my ceiling was low, but my, my life filled the room. Right. I hear so, you. Yeah. As, as time moved on, I understood that actually, no, this is, there's a, there's a lot more to it. There's a lot more discipline. Um, and I've, you know, done my best to, to stay um, in line with that. But to answer your question, I think so, kind of, sometimes. Ish. <laughs> Ish. Ish. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, okay, so one of your albums that I have been listening to, because, okay, I'm doing Nineveh 90. Um, I don't know if you know anything about that, but, like, there's Exodus 90, and then there's Nineveh 90 for women. And I can't really, a part of the deal is you can't listen to secular music in the car. And so I've been, you can listen to uplifting music in the car. So I've been listening to your album, The Offering, a lot. Um, really good album, by the way. Um, can I ask you, like, what you wrote that about? Like, or is that a loaded question? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a hard question to answer because um, <laughs> I, I don't really, I don't know. Like, what it was about a lot of different, like, the whole album, what, what I wrote the whole, or, like, I guess, yeah, what that process was like or, like, what you were going for with it. Sure. So that's, a, I can answer that. That's so I had spent a lot of time writing Tenebrae, the first record. Mm-hmm. Well, I have other records before that, but like, I, th- I really feel like Tenebrae was like my, um, discovering like my voice, like my sound. So I wrote, um, I had a lot of time to write that. And then when I went in the studio to, to record it, it's kind of like how my band came together. Like I needed players to like fulfill the vision, mm-hmm. the, aud- the audible vision. Um, and that's the, the band kind of came together. So then the band then spent, you know, like a year and a half, two years touring on the songs of Tenebrae, which I don't know if you know the record, but it's a pretty chill record, right? Yeah. Um, so I listen to the other album you have that has a feather on it. That's not the the one we're t- you're talking about, right? No, yeah, that's that's Red Wing. That came after Offering. Okay. So Tenebrae was before Offering. Gotcha. I don't think I've listened to that one. Yeah, it's I call it like the Red Wine album just because it's a nice like fireplace red wine chill mm-hmm. record. And um, so, but as the band was touring with those songs that are chill, I had this like desire to kind of pick it up a little bit and so a lot of the stuff kind of was written from that place of wanting to like increase the the bpms beats per minute like increase the energy Mm -hmm. um and being on the road enough that we could start bringing in new material as we were traveling so you know whereas tenebrae the first record was kind of pieced together while i was in the studio offering the one that you're talking about and even red wing the the feather one Mm -hmm. 
were, were really well played songs before we went into the studio. In fact, Red Wing, the one after uh, offering, we, we recorded the whole thing in three days because we literally just set up mics, pressed record, and played the songs and captured it. So that's all, that's all pretty much live takes um, of the songs because we were so well played. Like we just, that's all we were doing. Sure. Um, usually you kind of build a song in the studio, but mm-hmm. yeah, that one was kind of, that was a unique, a unique monster in that just sense. It all came but, together. It's just, there was no changes. Like we, you know, in the, in the studio, it's like a canvas and like, it's almost as if like, um, with offering and Tenebrae, we were, you know, putting paint on the canvas and reflecting and maybe making a few changes, changing the tint a little bit, changing a line here or there. But with the, with Red Wing, we had already made the picture so many times that when it came to recording, we just needed one canvas and, and three days. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, just, that's awesome. Just came together. Yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah. So then as far as like, if you wanted to like know about specific songs, I, I really don't, you know, it changes, man. That was a long time ago. And yeah. where I was at the time when I wrote it was, was one place. But now I'm, you know, when I play it now, you know, the songs I played now, I, I, I play from where, where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. So. Um, plus, I think like describing that stuff kind of takes away the experience for the listener. So, oh yeah, true. It's like open yeah. to interpretation for the yeah, person, totally subjective to the person who's listening. Well, and and also for the Holy Spirit to do its thing, you know. Yeah, I love that. Um, speaking of the Holy Spirit, um, I love well, not really the Holy Spirit, but anyways, getting involved with theology of the body and stuff like that. I love the theology of the body institute. I've gone to two of their week-long courses one with bill donahue one with christopher west and i yeah i just love it um and i love everything that they do uh, the mission that they stand for because i think that all of all of our issues like as far as like abortion the transgender issue like with identity everything can be answered by going back to the beginning and by looking at our origin um about where we came from in order to know where we're going Um, So I just, like, I totally geek out over that stuff. So it's really amazing that you're involved with that institute and, like, helped find the core project. Um, But I'm just wondering, like, what that looks like for you. And, like, I've been to a couple of Christopher's presentations where you're playing alongside him. So I guess could you just talk a little bit about um, incorporating music with the theology of the body, the teachings of theology of the body and um, your role in all of that? Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, so, you know, with the teaching being, um, you know, the, the physical, well, first off, the transcendentals and understanding that that truth, goodness, beauty are all one, right? Mm-hmm. And so we, Christopher and I are of the mindset that, um you know, we're physical beings. That's the whole theology of the body is that, that, you know, the word was made flesh. So the flesh has meaning. The flesh has importance. And sacramentality all around us uh, in, is, is things are revealing um, God mm-hmm. at all times, right? And it's not, just, uh, it's not just specifically religious things. Like the world reveals the creator just mm-hmm. by nature of being created. Everything created is, is um, reveals something of the creator, um, their intentions, their style, their, 
time and history, all of that stuff reveals something of the creator, creator being small C, but, mm-hmm. but the, the big picture is that it all reveals something of the capital C creator. And so we, we understood right away, you know, and one of the things that we, where we, we when we first met, we really jived on was that nothing, um, nothing should be taken for granted. Like you can't, you know, a, a speak, a speaker at a podium giving a talk mm-hmm. is, is really falling short of the potential. Now I have nothing against, like some people give great talks standing sure. at a podium. That's fine. But, but what we found was that our charism was, was in utilizing the physicality of what was at our fingertips, literally. So, you know, lights, um, staging, imagery, images, movie clips, and music all speak of the create, all have the potential of rounding out the vision. Um, and actually, a lot of the times has the ability to take it into places that simple words could not. So for instance, if the words, if the truth speaks to the intellect, beauty speaks to the heart and combined can make a well-rounded experience, a full head, heart immersioned experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same reason why, uh, you know, some people can sit through a lecture and get it, take away so much. Some people will take away nothing, but some people can go and stand in front of a painting and get just as much out of that. Some people could stand in front of it and see nothing. So we're all kind of wired differently, but, um, we saw these, you know, combining these elements with the talks as an opportunity to really maximize who we are as human beings and how we take in information and how we experience it. So, um, what if you, you know, if you talk about truth, goodness, beauty, that's one thing, but what if you also experience it at the same time? So that's how we kind of started. And then, um, you know, that was the core project that we started in, in 2010. And then uh, last summer, we merged with the Institute. And so... Right, um, right. duh. I forgot you guys changed your name. <laughs> yeah. Well, we just kind of... Ish. Yeah. 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 I mean, we kind of... the, the um, they, they both exist, but we're just one now. And so... Right, right. Okay. But the result of that was that... Um, you know, in that merger, I, I was, I was the event director for the core project as well, as well as being a co-founder. But so now I'm the events director of events for the Institute, um, which I never would have imagined. I, if you would have told me that 10 years ago, that would be what I was doing. I would be shocked. I would ask you how and why but <laughs> here I am. Yeah. That's so a- that's, that's the basic idea, you know, just trying to, you know, it's like, um, and I think actually that's one thing that I love, you know, I'm, I'm of like the nineties and early two thousands, you know, and to me, like the physical artifact is something that like digital music, it's accessible, but you, we've lost the experience and the physical artifact. Oh yeah. And, you know, even like the idea of, I love one song. So I buy a record and I fall in love with 10, mm-hmm. you know, like, like I fall in love with 10 songs. I read the album liners. I now know who the band members are. I know where they're from. I know what they look like. Right. I know style. I love the artwork they choose. Like you really become invested. I think the digital music has really stripped us of that. has robbed us of that ability. Um, we have to like search harder. And the artist has less of a, a platform to work with. We only have three minutes of your time rather than 
an hour and you know for well, 40 minutes on a record and and also like the image imagery so mm-hmm. um you know we're we're of the mindset of let's really make sure that our images all mean something our our you know even the, the screens that we use at our events are, are intentionally different than just white screens they're called scrim screens and they're like they have texture and they have feeling because texture and feeling is is um it just adds to the experience so all that stuff is really intentional um and thought out that's amazing yeah i mean and i know bishop Barron talks about like in order to win over people in our culture today that we need to be meeting them with beauty um and so i think that's something that you guys do really well Um, yeah and it's it's pope paul the sixth that that was all about you know truth via beauty like leading with beauty when everything else is um is subjective beauty is the last remaining objective thing we can all agree on yeah that's true that's our common ground yeah so if we can win people over with that we can show them the truth and hopefully they can have an encounter with it so yeah and and also not just we can show them but it can be revealed yes you know we gotta we gotta we gotta we gotta start thinking that it's okay for for beauty to work on its own we don't always need to connect the dots for people and that's actually going back to explaining a song that's one reason why I don't like to do it because I just want it to kind of kind of happen on its own and for it to kind of match the DNA of the individual rather than asking an individual to match mine, you know? Sure. Yeah. No, that makes so much sense. Um, so do you just travel with Christopher or are you still doing some of your own thing? Oh, I'm absolutely doing my own thing. So I'm, um, it's both. And, you know, a lot of the times my travel will, will just parallel what I'm doing with him. So, you know, uh, we're doing an event in, um, you know, we're going to Seattle and Vancouver, and then I'm playing the next day in Vancouver, or um, next week you go to Boston with Christopher. I'm doing a TV show on my own in Boston, and then we, I fly into Atlanta early to do a show, and then we do an event the next day. So, you know, my, my personal stuff kind of parallels what he and I are doing. Sure. Yeah. Um, are you going to be in St. Louis anytime soon? Uh, I don't think so. I actually have something in Jefferson City. And so I was thinking about um, getting there. I was there a couple months ago. Yeah, I went out for that. For the There was a Christopher had a thing at St. Margaret Mary Alico. Yeah, I was there. Yeah. I, but I was at um, I was at the university. I did a concert. Uh, oh, at uh, SLU. Correct. Okay. Did not go to that, but I'm sure it was good. But yeah, if you're yeah. ever in the area, we should get a house concert together for you. Yeah. yeah I'm open to that. So I'll be there in May if you okay. want to have a party. Yes. <laughs> we'll talk later. Okay. Um, but I, okay. So one thing just came to my mind, the song Born to Build a Home. And mm-hmm. I can only imagine that this I don't even know. I'm just assuming. I should stop assuming because I always assume and then I'm wrong and I'm like, crap, I'm sorry. But um, you were traveling and things like that. So I know for myself, I've lived all over. I've lived it. I'm, I grew up in Oklahoma. I've lived in Philly. I've lived in Denver. Now I live in St. Louis and I like have friends all over. Um, mm. And I know that that's, that tends to be the millennial way. My friend, Father Mike Rapp, he's like... Um, He's like, you guys just travel around. I'm like, I know. <laughs> um, so what would you say to somebody who is trying to discern as, as you have been through this before, like 
when to just stay put, if that makes sense. Because it can be easy oh. to just move here and there and everywhere. And then it's like, okay, man, there's a certain point where I should probably just put down roots. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the question is why, what, what are you um, moving into? So, you know, I think for me, I had a, I had a, uh, a false sense of what's needed to be happy, you know, and if, if I didn't have the, the right understanding of what, what makes happiness, uh, then I tend to just keep on moving in search of it. Um, but like that song specifically is, is speaking into that. Now, now here I am, I'm going to start, start revealing a song, but like, right. I um, got you. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, but it's, it's pretty I, obvious. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, but like the you know the idea that um, that if you understand that fulfillment actually comes from something greater than the material, then you can still move and be fulfilled, or you can realize that, that moving is not for you, and that you need to search that higher thing that's going to fulfill you. Mm -hmm. um, so I wouldn't say that there's a point that you need to stop. I think it's, you need to understand why you're moving and what you're looking for. Um, you know, so I can see somebody being completely fulfilled, but still feeling called to be on the move. Yeah. And if that's where you're at, then go for it. Um, for like more of your mission spirits. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm kind of in a weird boat where, like, I love moving. Now, I, I did say I get tired of it, but I, I, <laughs> I, w I wouldn't be able to do this if I didn't like it because, man, if I didn't like it, then I would, I would have to stop because it's so intense. It's so much. Mm -hmm. but, um, but, you know, like, I have very strong roots here where I live. My, my, my wife is so happy here. My kids love it here. Mm -hmm. I love it here. Um, but I also have like, so my, I'm like, like my, I'm like rooted and I understand that that first and foremost is like my family and my relationship with my creator and, and how that all comes together. But at the same time, I also feel like still inspired to be on the move to like connect and, and do what I do. And mm -hmm. so it's kind of the, I kind of am doing both if you will, but I don't know if that answers your question. No, yeah, it totally does. That makes sense. Um, yeah, me and my oldest, my oldest sister is more like the world travel of, traveler of the family. Like she's lived like outside of the States. I'm more of like your inbounds girl. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. Have, I've, you got, have you gotten out at all? Oh, I've been to Rome before. Um, mm -hmm. And I hope to visit her in Malta in September-ish time. Yeah, she lives in Malta now. Mm -hmm. But, um, and then I was in okay. Mexico, Mexico City in December. So, yeah, but mostly just traveling around the States um, for work. I worked with Generation Life in Philly, and then I got my master's at the Augustine Institute, and now I'm working in St. Louis. So it's been for different things mm -hmm. the Lord has called me to. So at the end of the day, it's really up to him. That's how I look at it. Um, yeah. And I know that for a fact because I – 
would not have moved to St. Louis, Missouri, no offense. But when you live in like bigger cities, you're like, oh my gosh, that seems like a downgrade. But um, mm-hmm. he closed all other options and left this one open, but I'm glad I'm here. So just goes to show that the Lord is always in control. But yeah, I always want to ask that question just for, just for clarity. I think that's a good thing to ask. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. And I think t- to your point, like, you know, you have to have that, that openness to be, to be led. Mm-hmm. Um, I never, I never would have thought that I would be uh, at the age that I'm at living in Wisconsin, you know, Wisconsin at working as the events director for the Institute. Like, but in hindsight, you watch, you can see all the steps and you're like, well, that makes perfect sense. And the fact is I would have never planned it that way, but this is the way it needs to be. It's, it's, it's a brilliant plan that I could have never come up with. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. It just goes to show God has a plan. He always surprises us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I do have one more question before I let you go. Um, I'm obviously I'm not a musician by any means, but I know that there are some of our listeners who are, and I have some friends who are interested in breaking out um, into that scene. What would you, what advice would you give to somebody who is maybe a little bit apprehensive about getting out there or making this their full-time job um, and like uh, just like taking that leap of faith with it and rolling with it? Well, I know it can probably um, be intimidating at first. Um, yeah, I, I, I would I would say that the first thing to do is develop your voice, and voice being you know your your thing, your craft. Um, I think um, if you can, I always say, you know, think of like five artists that you that you love mm-hmm. and that you want to that you want to emulate. Mm-hmm. And then think of, you know, think of all the ways you're like them, you know, and write it down, like all the qualities that they have that you feel like you, you have as well. And then when you're done with that, most importantly, now write all the reasons why you're not like them and really understand your weaknesses and your differences, because it's one thing to be inspired by somebody um, and, and have them inspire you to become who you're who you are and, and have like develop your voice. It's another thing to really like somebody and then just copy them. Right. So obviously you wanted the first one. Draw inspiration. Yeah. You want to develop your voice. And then, um, then once you have that, you know, just, just really focus on, on delivering, making sure that your voice is seen in the best light. So don't, don't sacrifice, um, your integrity don't sacrifice your vision. Um, just be true to that. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, if you develop your voice and then you protect it, no matter what happens, you will be able to look at what you're doing with pride and with, um, with satisfaction because you're upholding something of value. Mm-hmm. But if you say, well, I want to get into music and I want to um, make it a career, and that's it. And that's all you care about. But you never really do. You never really focus on what I'm saying. And you're going to find yourself bending and, and breaking in different ways where you, you're not even doing it for any, it doesn't even fulfill you anymore. Or, or for, you know, specific, being very specific, it doesn't even, uh, it doesn't even image a, a form of, 
of of prayer anymore. It just becomes, um, you know, the fulfill the the re, like you know licking stamps or like mundane. Yeah, just a, yeah, just the thing the thing to do. It's more of an object rather than it's more of an idol than an icon. Mm. Ooh, that's so. Great. Yeah. So, so, so if, but if you, if you really like hunker down and figure out what your voice is and why you want, why that's your voice, and then you go out and you, you protect it, um, then you can always point to it and say, well, I might, I, Hey, I've had great success or I've had some success or, you know what? I haven't had that much success, but I'll tell you what, this is, this is an icon that connects to the broader picture to Mm. the, to the greater, to the greater question. And yeah, I'm that sure. is part. Oh, I was going to say, because I'm sure it can be, if you don't get a good response, that can be a little bit um, like, like you don't want to like continue with it if you're, you're not getting the response that you want. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's vulnerable, but, but if you know why you're doing it, then you can withstand all that. Sure. Sure. Yeah. That makes total sense. So that would be my advice, but you know, what do I know? <laughs> well, you know something because you're working with Christopher West, and uh... actually, Christopher is working with me. Just so you know, it's the other way around. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I got it wrong. <laughs> he, knows that. he knows that too. He works with me. I love it. Do you have a favorite city to play in? You say city? Mm-hmm. Um, I love New York. I think New York is always a challenge and uh, you're not worth your, you're you're not worth anything until you stand by yourself in a club in New York um, before having to go in front of a lot of people and win them over. That's how, that's how you really like, it's going to battle. Mm -hmm. Um, So I love that. But besides that, I'd say, um, Hmm. I don't know. They're all kind of the same to me. It's <laughs> just the food. I have favorite foods. Ooh, um, let's talk about food. <laughs> yeah. I'm a sucker for barbecue and tacos. So like Texas is great. Mm, I heard Kansas City has good barbecue. But, uh, it does. It's a little different. Yeah, Kansas City is a different barbecue. I think of, of the barbecue styles, Kansas City would be my favorite. Uh-huh. So, um, but yeah, Kansas City and then, uh, then like a, a good Texas barbecue. Nice. One of my yes. friends said he went to Philadelphia and he got barbecue. He said he didn't like the food in Philly and he was, he said that he tried barbecue. I was like, that's cause you're trying barbecue on the East coast. What are you doing? <laughs> no, you got to go to D'Angelo's and get a, get a, a cheesesteak sandwich. D'Angelo's. Oh yeah. I don't think I ever went to that one. I went to Tony Luke's and gems. Oh, D'Angelo's mm-hmm. that's in Maniunk area. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've been to that place. Pretty good. It's the best. You heard it first. Mike Mangiani <laughs> just now endorsed D'Angelo's. That's right. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for coming on and uh, sharing your, your, your music journey with us and just the work that you're doing. And um, yeah, it's just awesome that uh, you're traveling around and you guys are a team and spreading good news. So yeah. It's amazing. So um, where can our people go to book you or to, um, yeah, book you 
if they want to like have you come to their um, parish? Uh, you know, social media is great. I'm always responding on all that stuff, but um, also just through my website, MikeManJourney.com. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a, there's a contact there, and I, I always get that. Um, but yeah, like Instagram, people can reach out. Okay. Uh, Twitter and uh, Facebook, all that stuff is is up and running. Oh, very cool. Awesome. Yeah. And if, if they want to check out the awesome stories that you and I are talking about, uh, Instagram is the way to go. <laughs> that's where it's at. Yeah. That's where I, I have the bathroom sessions going right now. That's my main. Oh, yes. I noticed yeah. that. How long have you been doing? That's hilarious. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's It started like since, man, I think the first one was in – uh, maybe the, maybe the winter, I mean, recently. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, man, I'm, I'm traveling everywhere. I need to like take advantage and just do something with it. Like, what am I going to do? You know? So for a while I was like taking like amazing shots from planes, but it's like, you know, <laughs> how many cl- sunset clouds can I possibly have? You know? Yeah. So, so I was like, well, I don't, whatever. I'm just going to set up a camera and, and just record in the bathroom of the hotels that I go to. <laughs> and so I've been doing it, but in Israel, I, I, I saw, you know, I was like, I did one by the sea, sea of Galilee. And then I did another one in Jerusalem. Wow. Uh, so I am starting to break out of the bathroom a little bit, but I'm, I'm keeping the name bathroom sessions. Oh yeah. That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So go to Mike Mangione's Instagram, check out his bathroom sessions. I think it's Mangione Music is the is the handle. Oh, Mangione Music. Very yeah. cool. Awesome, Mike. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was a it was um nice chatting with you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I think um everybody sitting by me at the coffee shop now is um knows me a little more than I wanted them to. <laughs> but that's worth well, it. It's a good conversation starter now then. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. No, thanks for having me. And uh, hope we'll, we'll, I'll come out there in May when I'm, okay. when I'm coming through. Cool. We'll get something set up for you. Sounds good. All right. Bye, Mike. God bless. Bye-bye.